Hi, I'm Phelan Johnson. And I'm Leah Simone Bowen, and we look at history a bit differently. Have you ever wondered how hundreds of wild horses came to inhabit an island in the Atlantic Ocean? Or what Lord of the Rings and a small town in Manitoba have in common? Or the burning question, did Canada invent the teen drama? The Secret Life of Canada is a podcast about the country you know and the stories you don't. New episodes available now wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. So in the early days of YouTube, like when it went from people posting videos of themselves, I don't know, like falling off a skateboard, to people all of a sudden making content, getting millions of views, those early days of the internet are when the world first found out about Jasmeet Reina. From 2009 to about 2018, Jasmeet was known online as Just Rain. And the sketches that he posted about his life, about his parents, about being a first-generation Indian-Canadian millennial, about some of the stereotypes associated with the Punjabi Sikh community in Canada, I mean, they took off. Again, early days of the internet, and Just Rain had 160 million views on YouTube and over a million fans on Facebook. And then one day, he stopped. Like, I mean stopped. No explanation, no statement, no goodbye video, no screenshotted notes app statement. Disappeared for five years. And now, Just Meet Reina is back with a TV show this time called Late Bloomer. Other religions only have, like, one main dude, you know? Jesus, Muhammad, Beyonce. We got ten guys, man. Ten. Late Bloomer is about a guy named Jasmeet Dutta. And he's trying to navigate, check this out, his dreams of being an internet celebrity. But he lives at home. He has this tension of his own cultural upbringing, his, his sick faith. Jasmeet created, executive produced, wrote, and stars in the show. And as you might be able to tell, it's kind of based on his own story. The show is out on Crave on Friday. It's a really amazing show. I really loved it. It's one of the best things I've seen on Canadian TV in ages. We invited Jesmeet in to talk a little bit about it, and we talked about what's interesting about the tension between the modern and the traditional, what he wanted to say about faith in this show. And later in our conversation, we talk about it. What exactly happened? Why did he quit YouTube out of nowhere and where did he go? Jasmeet Reina joined me in our studio. Here's our conversation. How are you? Great, man. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to have you. Congrats. Yeah. I mean, I was saying this to you before we turned the microphones on. I can't shut up about this show. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm it's, glad. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really something yeah. else, you know? Yeah. And you said people, you were telling me people are starting to see it now. People outside the show are starting to see it. Yeah. I'm starting to hear like feedback from people that weren't involved so heavily in the project. So I think like you're one of the first ones to tell me what you think about the project, which is like, okay, whew, it's a relief, you know? But, I, I, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to be you right now. Because you were yeah. saying to me, I hope you don't mind me saying this, yeah. you don't really want it. You just kind of want it to air and, and you not know Yeah, I was it. like, I just want to air and maybe just leave, just disappear again. Probably pull another <laughs> disappearing act and uh, just let people enjoy it. Because once it's done, it's out there. It's like, it's out of your hands you know you can't you can't chisel away at it anymore it's just up to people to interpret it how they want to so let's let's do some work on the show here right mm -hmm. now so when we meet uh just meet the, the, uh, tell me where he is in his life in your show he's kind of this guy in his i don't even know like late 
20s, early 30s, kind of just living at home and doesn't really have his life figured out. I, I say that with quotations because, you know, he's just kind of hard on himself and, and doesn't know which direction he wants to go in. But he's also kind of juggling this newfound uh, internet life that he's starting as well as like his family obligations and helping out with his mom's business. And so he's just got a lot going on. And he's just trying to navigate it the best he can. But in, in addition to the the idea of that being like two jobs, like his mom has a, has a, a business, mm-hmm. like a more traditional business, and he's becoming an internet celebrity. It feels to me like it's it's actually sort of na- trying to navigate two worlds. Right. You know, mm-hmm. one is like this very modern world of you know tr- of online mm-hmm. celebrity and, and the and the internet, and the very traditional environment that his parents are in. Yeah, that's kind of the core like thing I'm I'm really aiming to explore in the show is like this duality of this world that we kind of live in. I guess especially like children of immigrants, we're always navigating between two worlds and trying to figure out where our middle place is. And so not only uh, my character, but pretty much every main character in the show is going through a bit of that. What's interesting to you about that? It's interesting that it's an ongoing thing I feel like will always be a part of my life, you know, because it's like there's... There's new things that I kind of understand, uh, whether it be about like Western culture or my own culture, that I interpret and understand and, and kind of sense another level of depth to and, and, and you know, bring it into my own or, or I discard some things, you know. So I think that's like always like an ebb and flow and it's a continuous journey that you're always going on. So I think when you have this like richness uh, between like an, uh, your, your culture that you're originally from, but you're also kind of like plopped into this other world you're and then and with the internet everything's kind of like becoming one and mixing and, and yeah. things are more it's hard to hold on to anything monotonous. it's hard to hold on to anything so it's like okay what what are you and what is that you know you, you, you kind of answered my next question though oh, by wow, the way. Nice. because but no because my next question because you just said like you know yeah it's something that i find really interesting i feel that tension a lot yeah i gotta say when i was watching this show about yeah. this fictional character yeah who's trying to navigate online fame while having sort of traditional Punjabi parents, mm-hmm. I, I did wonder how much of it is based on your own life. Um, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of similarities, but it isn't necessarily wholly my life. I think there's a lot of inspiration that I kind of drew from many people my age and and seeing kind of like the the journeys and their struggles that they go through. And so, you know, I, I was kind of like an early adapter in my family, I guess. My parents got affiliated with what the internet was by force in a sense because I was kind of doing it and they needed to know. Yeah. And so they're pretty like internet savvy. They know what's going on. They're actually very equally excited about the show. And so, I mean, there's a lot of elements that kind of I, I take from, from my personal life, but I also think I'm, I'm, it, it's also like a collective South Asian experience. Uh, let, let's talk about some of the themes that come up in, in the show. And, mm-hmm. the, and the first one I wanted to talk about is faith. Mm-hmm. Um, Jasmeet's faith is a big part of the series. Um, several scenes t- uh, take place at the Gurdwara, the place of worship for six. What did you want to get at when it comes to Jasmeet's relationship with his faith in the show? I think like it was important for me to show the Gurdwara in in the show because it's, it's not only like a a place of worship for people in our community. It's kind of like a community center. It's a place where a lot of people gather, get news, kind of talk, catch up, and volunteer. So there's a there's more tears to just like the faith aspect. So it's an important part of our community, and I think it serves like as like a staple. So I, when I was writing this, I was like, it only makes sense to have this as like a staple location in the show. And also, while this character is like navigating his own faith, he's kind of like thrust into this place while he has other things on his mind and other things he needs to deal with. And but he's in this place where he's like, okay, no, I have to be present here, or do I? And the gurus were humble beings, you know. 
I'm pretty sure they don't want us celebrating meaningless rituals like their birthdays. Wasting time. Wait, your time or their time? Because I don't think they experience time. Like they're like, they're timeless. You know, so it's like, it's it's a very interesting place for me because I think, you know, it's so integral to our community, but it's also, you know, this this place that kind of represents very visually and strictly what, what the Sikh faith is, but also serves as like a community hub. So it's a, it's a very interesting place I wanted to feature into the show. I, w- I want to play a clip from the show. Um, with, with, this is one of the episodes of Late Bloomer that really struck with us on the show. It centers around the Sikh turban. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a scene where Jasmeet's in an elevator with a man and his young kid. <laughs> the young kid asks uh, Jasmeet what's going to go with his, with his funny hat. Yeah. Uh, take a listen to this. It's actually a turban. Oh. Sorry, I just never know what the right terms are. It's turban. (laughs) Just assume turbans were associated with religious things. Yeah, I I guess they are, yeah. You see, Duncan, this is just a really religious man. Well, I I wouldn't say I'm, like, very religious or anything necessarily, you know? Oh, okay. Wait, so if you're not religious, why, why do you wear it? That's from episode four of the new Crave series, Late Bloomer. As funny as it is, yeah. the question, why do you wear it, becomes a, a pretty important question to, mm-hmm. to the character, right? Yeah. I think that's like just a question I've gotten my whole life, you know, especially as a kid. Like your kids are just like innocent in that sense. And they're always just like prying away and want to know, you know, why you wear that. And then th- there's like a period where you don't really hear it because everybody's just kind of cool with each other and you're an adult and like nobody really kind of asks those questions anymore. But, yeah. But it's, but then again, it's like a kid that, that asked that. And that's like, kind of like, you know, based off of a real situation that happened to me in an elevator. So it's like, you know, I always found that very funny and, and interesting and, 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 and it's like hearing that question and that in a very innocent way. And, and also the, you know, the dad character, you know, very directly asking like what, does it mean to you if you were, you know, so then it kind of sends them on a journey. Well, yeah, because for people who are listening to that, they might think that the answer is only like what you respond to the, yeah. the kid with. But really, I think it's your character is one, it starts to ask himself, why why am I wearing it? Yeah, totally. I think there's like, you know, especially growing up sick and wearing a turban, you hear many different answers yeah. uh, as to what it represents. And I think I've understood this as like, it's kind of up to you to to really figure out what it does mean to you because it is in a sense, it is a part of the sick face, but, but it is something that's very personal to you because it's a, it's a part of your daily ritual. It's, you know, I get up and when I get ready, like one of the things I do is, is I tie my turban. That's a part of my everyday life. So, yeah. you know, it's like, it's important to know what it does mean to you on, on, on different levels. I, I wondered, and, and we don't, we don't have to talk that much about this, but I wondered watching this episode, because I remember back in 2016 when the big international news was made that yeah. you, were, you were in an airport. Where were you again? You were in- I was in San Francisco. And the airport security forced you to, yeah. to take off your turban. Yeah. And it was a major news story. Your response to it got like millions uh, uh, of views. Mm-hmm. I wondered when you were making this episode, which is so focused on, on the turban, whether that incident was on your mind at all? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think, um, you know, you live day to day and you just assume everyone's just cool to you. you kind of like forget, I kind of forget that I'm wearing a turban, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you have, when you face some of these like harsh realities where you're like reminded that, oh, not everybody really knows. Like I know, yeah. my community knows, people around me know, but like not everybody really that interacts with me on a day to day basis knows what this is or who I am and, or they might have some like hesitancy or fear or you know, some sort of unexpected expectation about it. So, yeah. I mean, is that on your mind at all when you're making this thing? Like, are you, are you thinking about like, 
I mean, I'll, just, I'll put it this way: that yeah. like, there's 800,000 sick people in Canada. Yeah, it's one of the fastest growing, you know, religious groups in the, in this country right now. This is the first time I've ever seen a turban tied on on mm. Canadian television. Um, this is the first time I've seen a scene that takes place in a gurdwara. Mm-hmm. When you were making this show, are you thinking about like, hey, I, I really want to entertain people, but I'm also I'm also educating people. I'm showing people some stuff they may have never seen before. I think that's like a secondary thought or, yeah, like, a, or yeah. like a tertiary thought. It's like, I'm, I'm just trying to show what my life is like or what our life is like. Yeah. And so it's, it's just regular life to me. Yeah. And I think I just hear it from other people. They're like, yeah, you know how like cool this is that we're like seeing these places. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is just, I guess it's just regular for me. And, 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 and like just watching other television shows and seeing how they structure their shows and settings and locations and things like that. It just seemed normal to me, but yeah, I guess it's just a residual effect. I know. Education maybe, maybe what, I'm, what I'm really saying is that like, I just can't believe it's 2023. And again, yeah. there's 800,000 sick people. 24, in. by the way. No, it's not. We're oh. good. No. Okay. We're, got it. <laughs> in, we're Newfoundland, in Newfoundland, where I'm from, we didn't switch over yet. We got know, it, we, got yeah, it. We're not on the Julian calendar. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it just takes us a little bit. <laughs> all, right, all right. But, but we're, watch now. We're going to edit this. And <laughs> yeah. watch, watch this four. Yeah. yeah. Now no one will ever know. Yeah. See, they're going to. This is airing it. in 2023 somehow. You yeah. Guys have a, CBC has a time machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't have much money. But we have money. <laughs> we got money for a time right, machine. Cool. But like, I mean, to that, I think I was just thinking like it's 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 800,000 sick people in Canada. I can't believe this is the first time on Canadian TV I've, I've, I've seen someone tie a turban on TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? I can't really either. And uh, But I've also grown up watching like Punjabi sick television shows, you know, yeah. in our family. So I guess it's like I have seen it on TV yeah. or I have seen it in my life but I, I yeah you know it that does strike me like sometimes it kind of like does hit hard i'm like oh yeah this is going to be the first time a lot of people are going to see any of this i guess even like a turban wearing lead in a show i think this is like the first time so yeah it's cool it's it's really cool i guess let's back up a little bit so you grew up in guelph in ontario by your early 20s you're studying medicine right uh i kind of had like a little bit of a biomed Run for pre-med? a bit. Yeah, pre-med uh, situation going on in university until I was just completely just exhausted and bored. And I was like, this is not what I want to do at all. What, what do you mean exhausted and bored? And- I, I just like was reading books at like 1 a.m. trying to memorize stuff for an exam. And I was like, none of this is, you know, seeping into my brain. And I just don't find this interesting at all. And I, I might be in a situation where somebody's life depends on my knowledge. And I just... I'll be doing a disservice to them. So it's just, it, it, when that clicked for me, I was like, this this doesn't make sense. I don't want to pursue this. Is that when you start making videos? I kind of started making videos in my second year of university. I was just bored. Uh, and, and I took like summer classes and, you know, YouTube was like just kind of popping, starting off. And I was interested in that medium. And I'd always kind of made funny little skits and sketches in high school and, and, and sometimes for my presentations in university. So I was just started uploading random things onto YouTube and they just started picking up from there. Yeah. When you say random things, I mean, these were things about your life, about your community, about your family. Yeah. I mean, well, the first video was literally 25 random things in my room and I was just picking up 25 random things. And then, yeah, people were like, this was really dumb, but I enjoyed watching it. Like it was, there was something very humorous about it. And so I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll keep doing that. And then I started going into the more narrative based stuff or sketches and things like that. It's early internet. Very early internet. And to me, it was like, I didn't think, I, I didn't think I was early at that time because there was like people that were even earlier, you know, on, yeah. on like web 2.0 and hosting on their own websites and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, this is like new, but I guess it, in retrospect, it was pretty early on. Yeah. Well, like, and then these, these things are getting millions and millions of, of views. 
Yeah, I, I think I just had a gradual rise. So I, I, which I actually kind of grateful for. Like you know, when you become like overnight like famous on the internet. Yeah. I know a lot of people aren't, and it takes a lot of hard work. But sometimes it does happen. That can be a bit jarring. So I mean, I was like, I had like viral moments, and that kind of just kept climbing up and up and up. And so it was like a nice, cool ride. But was there a moment where you started to realize, oh my God, this thing is really taking out. This thing's becoming something else. Yeah, there was a there was a few videos that kind of like struck a chord and, and went viral. There's one that really went viral in my community. Um, what one was that? It was called A1 Shopping Cart. A1 Shopping Cart Training and Repairment Services School. It was, it was a parody of like... Uh, some of these like uh, Punjabi television shows that play on Saturday and Sunday mornings and, and some of the low budget ads yeah. that they have running. It was a parody of one of those ads. And then I had one uh, that was, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but it was called Shit White Guys Say to, right. to Brown Guys. And that one went very viral. It must be really cold for you people in Canada, eh? You guys probably don't get a lot of snow in like the desert or whatever. That old's a convenience store, right? Though I feel bad for you people, man. Like the war on terror. Yo, I was totally against that. My sister even went to a protest. Your dad's, did he drive the taxi? Yo, one time I heard that like brown people, they like really worship cows, right? Sometimes they don't even drink milk. And so I think that was like one of my really, really viral uh, videos. I uh, wasn't expecting it, but yeah. What was that? What does that feel like? Going viral? Yeah. It's fun. It's uh, it's very fun. It's very exciting. I think I just like enjoyed. I, it's really nice to like put a lot of time and effort into something and then just have it received very well. Like, of course, that's a great feeling. So, yeah. And then at the internet, you're just like receiving all this feedback real time. You know. I read an NBC article from last year that sort of positioned you, uh, along with comedians like Lily Singh, as a pioneer of a new era in diaspora comedy. Did you have any idea that what you were doing was being groundbreaking when these things were blown up? Not really, because I, I had like my own inspirations that I looked up to, you know, especially in the South Asian community. There were so many people that ha have been doing it for a long time, like. In the UK, there was a show called Goodness Gracious Me. Like in the 90s, it was like a South Asian-based sketch comedy show. And I'm always like, these guys were like way, they're way out of their time, you know? Yeah. And then when we were growing up, we had like Russell Peters that really broke through yeah. and, and like, you know, put a lot of Indian people on the map. So I just thought I was like a residual, I was like, oh yeah, I'm like, I guess I'm this generation. Like I'm just, I'm just doing stuff just because I think this is funny, you know? But I guess some of the content that I was making at the time was very, I guess, specific in a sense and that in that being specific it also hit a lot of people so i think it was just like i, I was just being very authentic about what my experiences were you kind of have the dream you have like million every single video you're putting up is getting like millions and millions yeah. and millions of views <laughs> it was back in the day when like that kind of viral success was like talked about in like more, right. you know, maybe it was like, you know, like Ninja was like covered by NBC. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, back yeah. in those days, you'd be covered by CBC, covered right. by NBC, and things were really blowing up for you. Mm -hmm. And then you stopped. Yeah. Why? Ah, uh, man, you know, I, I get asked that question all the time, and I, I don't really know how to answer it. But I think it's like a combination of a bunch of different things. Um, I spent like my, my whole twenties on the internet, being like this internet sensation from being like a nobody in in high school, kind of you know. And it's like that shift is is pretty drastic, and uh, so you know, like there's many parts of your life that anyone can deem successful. Like I was very successful in in that field, but I feel like you know, 
on my on a personal level, I was I was kind of like hindered in a sense where I hadn't done much growth or introspection or like taking a look at myself in that sense because you know your whole life is the internet. You're posting every day. Your engagement you got to engage every day. You just got to be like this caricature all the time, and you can kind of get lost in that in a sense. So I felt like I I me just me as a person was getting lost in this like person that I created this internet personality just reigns. So I. I felt that at a certain point and I was like, okay, cool. I, I need to kind of take a look at this and, and take a step back and yeah, take some time. You don't have to tell me anything you don't want to tell me, sure. but, but I don't know. I, I Help me understand that a little bit that I feel like I was lost in this character. I was lost in this internet world. What does that mean? I think just the internet is such a demanding place. It's it's very like attention driven. Of so your time? Of, of your, your of your time and of others' time. Like you... It's it's just like a race for attention all yeah. the time, especially now. Like, yeah. there's so many apps that are easily accessible on your phone. It's like you'd have to go to a computer or your laptop to watch yeah. YouTube. Now you can just watch TikTok off your phone. You know, so it's just like it's not eight hours a day. It's yeah, no, it's, it's literally twenty four hour a day job. And, okay. and you're kind of like encouraged in this industry to keep going. And like, I think the success metrics are measured by how engaging you are, how much content you're putting out. Mm. And so I think you can kind of just get lost. I think even artistically, I, I, I was feeling like, you know, if I really wanted to put out some of my best work or I really wanted to kind of like take the next step and, and explore my creativity on, on, on another level, I really had to take the time out to dive into that and, and give it that like respect and attention. And so it, it's just not possible to do that when you're always online how, how did it feel once you did it i was pretty confident that it was what i needed i i you know it was, it was scary like a lot of people around me were kind of like oh this is crazy like you're going crazy like why would you build this like machine that you've created and then just step away it's like totally counterintuitive to what we're told to do as like internet creators but i wasn't really like scared about like how or where my life would go in that sense, because I know I really wanted to focus on, on my personal self and also like this project. Uh, you know, it, it's like many years in the making, but this the the the, the version that we're going to be seeing now on TV is like kind of something I really took the time out to do in 2019. You know, I really took that year off to really hone out this world and the characters and what I wanted to explore in the show. So if I had not have done that, I don't think the show would have been. What it is. I hope yeah. you don't, I hope you don't, I mean, I got two things on that. I hope, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but like, good for you. Like, oh, thank you. Like, I talk, what I mean by that is, yeah. like, I talk to, like, this through this show. I talk to so many people who, especially now, like, are big on TikTok or yeah. they're, like, big YouTubers. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. Like, most of them, either on mic or off mic, say to me, I just want to stop, mm. but I can't. Yeah. I can't. It's where my audience. They might say like that's where my audience is. Mm-hmm. That's you know, it's what's demanded of me right now. Mm-hmm. You didn't even like say goodbye. Like, no, <laughs> I didn't. No, <laughs> I didn't even know when I was gonna stop. I just was like, all right, I think I'm just gonna. Yeah, good. Good for you, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I know. I it's 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 wild because on the internet, I feel like you're expected to give an explanation for pretty much everything you're doing in your life. And yeah. I just felt like, you know, I, I didn't really know what was happening myself. So why would I talk about it? You know, what's your relationship like with the internet now? 
I think it's in a much healthier place. I'd like to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm much more balanced when I was like living on one extreme, always being online. Then I went completely the opposite way mm. and was like completely offline. You had a flip phone. I, I did. I had no. a light phone. Yeah. I had one of those light phones for a bit. That was like literally call text. I don't even know. I forgot like MP3, you know? Oh, so you kind of, re- I mean, I've been thinking about getting one of those. You had like kind of real did, internet yeah. addiction kind of thing happening. I mean, there. I just, I just, I think it, we all do. I, I think we all yeah, are addicted all to the do, internet. Do, yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah, when it's yeah. a part of your job, yeah, like it's a forced addiction in yeah. a sense. And so you had the you had the light phone. I had the light phone. Yeah, your brain feel better. Brain feels better. I, I, you write a lot. You write with pen and paper much more. You know, you're not like typing away. Anytime I have ideas, I just like write it down. You know, because I'm I have to. And I feel like that's a more organic way to do it. Okay. I think I'm getting the look that like, you, you, Tom, you're just asking questions that you're curious about. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently doing like a social media fast right yeah, now for yeah. the month of January. Oh, I'm okay. not, I'm off of it right now. And I'm yeah. just sort of like renegotiating how my brain feels. So I am, I'm very curious about this. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad you have one of those light phones. It feels good. I mean, I took like a few years. I took like three, four, five, I think almost years off. So a month is cute. <laughs> Month is cute. That's cute. <laughs> I love that he called me out. I love that he called me out for only taking a month off of social media. And like a like a smoker, I've been you know I have to do a little bit for work, and I'll sneak in and I'll look at stuff every now and then. But I don't know. Hearing just Rain's story about you know achieving early internet celebrity, kind of everything that content creators want to be and then stepping away and what it did to his brain, what it did to his attention, what it did to his focus to not be on the internet. I can't really stop thinking about that. Late Bloomer comes out on Crave later this week on Friday. After the break, we'll talk more about the show and Jasmine will tell you why you, yes you, should consider taking a break from the internet. Candice Lim. And I'm Rachel Hampton. We're the hosts of ICYMI, Slate's podcast about internet culture. And we want to help you make sense of the need-to-know internet stories of the week. Consider us your internet historians of past, present, and future. Of the good, the bad, and the truly unhinged. From nuanced takes on stories we're all closely following to the ones you wished you heard about. In case you missed it, that's ICYMI, the podcast that's extremely online, so you don't have to be. Follow and listen now. Hey, I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. You're in the middle of my conversation with Jasmeet Reina, the Canadian comedian and writer. We've been talking about his new show on Crave, which is called Late Bloomer. It's one of the best shows I've seen all year. Like, I just loved it. And I've never seen anything like it before on Canadian TV, which to me says more about Canadian TV than anything else. Before Just Me created this show, he was an internet celebrity. He was called Just Rain. He had 160 million views on YouTube, millions of fans on Facebook. He was one of the early stars of the internet. And then one day in 2018, he just stopped. He stopped posting videos online without any explanation. And in the last part of our conversation, you would have heard him finally give that explanation. So in this part of the conversation, we talk about the new show Late Bloomer and how the main character, which is based on Jasmeet's story, is trying to make a name for himself as an online celebrity too. And episode two of the show is all about exposing the ugly reality of viral internet fame. 
In the episode, Jasmeet meets with an agent who specializes in the business of viral content, and it ends up being this really honest and cutting take on internet celebrity. Indians aren't really cool enough just yet, Jasmeet. Oh, not yet, anyway. Okay, well, I think I'm plenty cool, and I don't have this, like, weird inferiority complex that you think all brown guys have. Plus, what's with all this, like, oh, you Indians bullshit? Aren't you Indian? Like, what are you even? I'm Indian. So why not be a team player and help me out instead of, like, appealing to your whack-ass higher-ups? Oh, I am being a team player here, bro. I'm trying to give you an opportunity to not just be the brown guy. Yeah, but what's wrong with being the brown guy? I mean, it's a really powerful episode. And I wanted to ask Jasmine, where did that episode come from? And does it explain why he walked away from content creation? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's all inspired by real life kind of, I guess, situations or what I see the internet being. But yeah, I think, especially in that time, and like, I, I guess like the early internet, like mid 2010s, it was kind of like people coined it the Wild West, the internet. And so everyone was just trying to get a piece and like try to capitalize and- Make money. Make money, really. And so no one, I guess, really paid attention to the repercussions of like what this machine and this like fast-paced living can can have on people, especially young people, I think. You know, you know, young people are always, I was young when I started, I was 19 when I started. Yeah. So you're just like thrown into this thing and this like machine, this vacuum and all sorts of stuff is coming out. You and everybody's figuring it out and nobody really knows. And people are taking elements of like, like what has worked in other industries and applying it here, yeah. but on a much faster level. And so it just, you know, it's it's just this machine and, and people are trying to make money and a lot of people can get caught up in it. And I think I never really saw myself as like an internet creator or an influencer. I just always really wanted to kind of, you know, at that time make sketches and, and comedy and, and like, I always wanted a sketch comedy show, you know? So I was like, ah, oh, this is what I want to do, but I'll, I can't, I don't know how to, so I'll do it on the internet. And then eventually I was always like, I want to do TV and film and, and, and do that one day. So YouTube and, and the internet was just like a medium for me to do that on my own. Yeah. But you're also thrown into this industry where you're kind of like labeled as an influencer or a creator and you're exposed to this weird world. And so that was just me kind of navigating and being like, okay, I, I don't know if I really fit into this world either, but I guess I have to do what I have to do to to get my stuff out there to get people to watch it. And so, you know, a lot of people will tell you a lot of different wacky, zany things. And yeah. I guess that was just my interpretation of that through that episode. I, I, was, I was saying to our, our producer, Corey, about that episode that, like, typically when I see TV episodes that are critical of, like, the internet machine, they're made by people who are not part of it. They're, yeah. like, they're, they're made by, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. authors who are, like, right. really critical of the computers in general. Yeah. It was really interesting to see it from, like, the inside, yeah. from someone who's been in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... That's also the same critique I have. I always see internet depicted in a certain way on the team. I'm like, ah, it's not. Let's 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 get real. So yeah, I think this is like more of a raw look on a from the inside out how how that feels. It's a really beautiful show, hmm. but what I'm more maybe more taken aback by from having to get a chance to meet you and talk to you is what a road this has been for you yeah. from the early days from when you were 19 and making YouTube videos mm -hmm. thrust into this like unbelievable fame yeah and now coming out with this really beautiful TV show mm -hmm. looking back what are you what are you most proud of on this journey um honestly i th i think i'm i am very proud that i kind of did take the time out and and just like kind of give my time and attention to, to writing this and to just kind of focusing on myself. 
at a time where, you know, there was a lot going on, you know, the pandemic happened too. And I felt like the only way you could like actually like hang out was online. And I was like, that must've been tough for you. It it was weird. It was definitely weird because I was like, oh, I, I'm like, everybody's just partying and socializing online and hanging out. And I, I can't because I kind of made a commitment to myself that I was going to do this. So, I mean, there was a lot of times where I was tempted to go back and there was also like, you know, things happening online that I kind of wanted to chime in and, and give my two cents on as well. But, you know, I, I guess I did that in the real world, you know? Yeah. And so that was, um, yeah, it was interesting, but I, but I am, if I, if, if there's one thing I'm proud about, I am proud that I did take that time uh, to do that. And also I would encourage anybody else that's kind of going through the same thing. Like the internet is not, you know, it's, it's not a place where you're, a lot of people are scared that they're just going to become irrelevant if, if they just stop doing things on the internet. But I mean, I took five years and I, I would like to think that, you know, things are hopefully going to be going well for me too, uh, especially with the show coming out and, and, you know, I'll, I'll still be able to do what I love to do. And yeah, just don't be, don't be scared if you're feeling it. And if you want to take some time out and, and, and just keep working on something else or create a different project or yeah. go a different way, do it. You know, like you don't always have to be online and, and, I think people will also value that too and, and respect when you do come back with something more meaningful. That's beautiful. That's uh, absolutely beautiful. And I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really amazing show. Um, I think it's going to do really well. I think it's going to have a lot of impact. Like, do you ever think about that? I mean, you and I were just talking about like, hey, isn't this, isn't this wild that, you know, 800,006 yeah. in, in Canada and, you know, there's never been a Canadian TV show to see someone, you know, putting, you know, put, putting a turban on, on yeah. before. Like, do, do you ever think about that? Like, about how there might be, you know, generations of young Punjabi Sikh Canadians, you know, maybe watching this on TV for the first time? Um, yeah, I guess that's something that's always in the back of my mind. But, you know, I, I think the focus was just I, I really wanted to make a show that I would personally enjoy watching, you know. So I think when I when I go into that with that philosophy, it, things yeah. always tend to do well. And also I'm very – when I'm also very nervous about something coming out, you know, I think that's also a good sign. So there's a lot of that happening right You're now. Little, little, yeah. I think so. I'm excited, but I'm also it's, – it's just a step away from anything I've ever done. So, but yeah. one thing I've learned – you're not going to read the comments. I learned that today. No, I – I, I don't read his comments as much anymore, no, but... Yeah. That's because you have a good relationship I do, with the internet. I do, you know, I just put stuff out there and then I just log off and I chill. I got to get this, I feel like a baby with this month stuff. <laughs> I got to figure this out. I got to yeah. figure it out. Well, you got the time machine, so... I could say it was two years. <laughs> you could. Yeah, you could. I could do two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, such a great joy to meet you. Thank you. Thank thanks you. For, thanks for making the time. Meet Reina is the creator, executive producer, writer, and star of the new comedy series Late Bloomer. He joined me here in the Q studio. Late Bloomer is out this Friday on Crave. That is it for the show today. Tomorrow on the show, uh, one of the world's greatest living poets, Nikki Giovanni will be here. She carved out a revolutionary legacy during the civil rights era with poems that uplifted the experiences of black Americans. She is the subject of a new documentary called Going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni Project. We've been looking to talk to her for years now, and I'm so fin- I'm so happy we finally got the opportunity to do so. So check that out. We'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.